Rising behind the back. Roll up pass. Underneath. He breaks the pass. Hey, hey, Laker fans, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. This is Lance, and we are back. So we are just entered into the seventh week of the season. Uh, The team is well below 500. They have shown moments of, of, well, I was going to say brilliance. I wouldn't, but probably not the right word. Moments of great play. Um, Some games with great, great play and great effort. And then some games with a huge lack thereof. Um, it's kind of uh, confusing, exciting, infuriate, infuriating watching the team, watching every game as I do. Um, to see the to see the team play so well and so well together against like the defending champion San Antonio Spurs, and um, and beat them at home in their house, and then turn around and. And lose in disgusting fashion to the Pacers. Uh, it's that's it's been that that kind of a season. Uh, been ups and downs. There's been more downs than ups. Um, but the team has occasionally shown signs of improvement, um, and um, occasionally comes out and plays really good games against uh, some. We've had some good games against some really good teams. Uh, some we've won. Some we've uh, we've not won. But it's been tight. Um, I think the team is better than their record shows, um, but not that much better, but, but I think a little better than the record shows. Um, but here, here we are. So a lot has happened in, since last we spoke. Um, I mentioned the team is well below 500. Um, <clears throat> Kobe Bryant continues to set records, um, First, he became the first player in NBA history to surpass 30,000 points and 6,000 assists. So stick that in your pipe, all you ball hog Kobe conspiracy theorists. Uh, and then days later, he passed Michael Jordan to become third on the NBA all-time scoring list. And a huge, huge, incredible accomplishment and um, it happened on the road, um, but the the fans in Minnesota were tremendous. Um, they stopped the game to had the owner come out um, and give Kobe the ball, the game ball. Well, he got congratulations congratulations from uh, players on our team and the other team. It was it was a nice nice moment. It was a really classy move, I thought, by the Minnesota organization and the Minnesota fans were fantastic. Um, it was really, really nice, and I think Kobe was really affected by by all that, by how it went down. Um, and he he was as as affected as I have ever seen him um, in terms of emotion, in terms in, in a moment like that. So I think it, it really it really hit him um, big time, and he was affected a lot by it. So that was a, a really great thing to happen. I, I was bummed that it happened on the road, but I was really, really. Uh, a little bit surprised and very happy that it went down the way it did. So my hats off to uh, to the Minnesota organization. And it's kind of poetic that it happened back where the Lakers originated, 
um, before they moved to L.A. So that was kind of a nice uh, little feather in the hat of that moment for Kobe. Um, before we move on, I do want to uh, just mention on the last podcast, if if you were actually paying attention to some of the stuff I said, I, I did make some some small mistakes in some of the comments that I made that I want to uh, to address just because I think I think it's important that yeah, you guys know that I, I do do my research. I watch every single game um, and I try to um, be as informed as possible for you um, as as listeners. Um, I, I made the mistake in the last podcast of saying that Steve Blake was uh, traded to Portland uh, from Los Angeles. He was not traded to Portland, obviously. He was traded to Golden State, and uh, then he was traded from Golden State to Portland, which is where he's playing now, alongside Chris Kamen. Um, I also said, I was mentioning a 13-1 run that the, that the team had with Kobe on the bench, uh, making a point of, of talking about that, but I mentioned that uh, it was when we were playing Golden State. It was not against Golden State. It was against Phoenix. And I also made a, a comment saying that Kobe was uh, the oldest player in the NBA, which he is uh, obviously not. Um, what what I meant to say and didn't say, but I meant to say that he has been playing longer than anyone else in the NBA, um, which is also kind of true. Uh, he actually hasn't been playing uh, the longest. Um, Kevin Garnett has been playing the longest. He was drafted one year prior to Kobe, right out of high school, just as Kobe was in '95. And Kevin is still in the league, so he's been playing in the in the league one year longer than Kobe. So, with the exception of Kevin Garnett. Kobe has been playing the longest of any player uh, in the league. Not not the oldest player in the league. So, cool. Um, before I get to the questions, there's one topic uh, that I was not asked about that I want to talk about just a little bit just because it's been bugging me. It irks me, and nobody's really talking about it um, much right now, and that is uh, Steve Nash. Now, we all know that he suffered another uh, back injury <clears throat> just prior to the season starting, as in the day of the season opener, and it was out for the season. Um, okay, so he can't play uh, for this season. Okay, not a huge surprise, not a huge shock, but very. it was a big bummer going into the season, especially because of that first game, and then we lost Julius Randle. So it was a huge... Um, one-two punch there, right, to, to start the season, which is kind of forbearing as in how the season was going to go. Now, here's uh, here's my problem. Um, okay, so Steve can't play for the rest of the season. Now, he's still under contract. He's still getting paid. Uh, he's getting paid to the tune of, what, $9.2 million for this season. That's over $9 million. Now, obviously, this is pre-taxes, but still, $9 million to play with the Lakers for this season. Now, he can't play. He is unable to play. Okay, fine. Where is he? Okay. I understand it's tough. He's got to deal with the fact that his career is probably over and everything, but get your butt to the game and get on that bench and let's help these young players. Um, help, help them by supporting them on the bench and coaching them up or put on a suit and be an assistant coach. You know, get out there and help these guys. I don't, I'm, maybe I'm just not aware with what's going on, but from my understanding, uh, Byron has had no communication with Steve Nash in terms of his whereabouts, where he is, 
and uh, the whole organization is just kind of kind of turning a blind eye to it, kind of giving him the respect and the space that he probably needs to go through this difficult transition. And I appreciate that, and that's great because the Lakers are a class organization and they want to give him the time and the space that he needs. But, okay, it's been seven weeks now, okay? What's up? If you are going to sit there and take money from the Lakers for being under contract this year, I want to see your butt there on the bench. I want to see you there helping helping to coach up these young guys and, and, and supporting your team and getting out there, okay? Because if you can't do that and you don't want to do that, okay, fine. Retire and don't take the money. But we all know... You you're there for the money. You wanted the money. You you admitted it, and it's fine. I don't have a problem with that, of course. But that was all under the impression that you were doing everything that you can to play, to play in the games and get your body where it needs to go so that you can play. Okay, now that's not happening. That is over. You are not playing this season. So now what's the deal? Okay, now what's the excuse? You're still going to take the money? Okay, what are you going to do? Get your butt to the games and help coach these guys up. I'm a little annoyed that I haven't seen Steve Nash anywhere. I'm a little annoyed that Byron Scott can't seem to get a hold of Steve Nash. He's not returning phone calls or texts. What's going on? Okay, if we weren't paying him over $9 million to be here on the team, then I wouldn't care. Whatever. Where's Steve Nash? I don't care. He can't play. He's not going to help us. But he can help us. He's a super smart dude with tons of experience and tons of knowledge to give to the younger players. Where is he? Why is he not on the bench? Okay? There. End of rant. Okay, on to the questions. We've got some great questions uh, for this, uh, this edition of the podcast that I'm super excited to answer. A lot of stuff I've been thinking about myself. And I uh, was hoping for an excuse to talk about. Um, the first bunch of questions comes from Joe, Joe Torres. Joe has, um, Joe's questions are, what are your thoughts on Magic Johnson's comments that the Lakers should lose? Uh, your thoughts on Kobe lashing out and his teammates? And now that Lance Stevenson is on the block, should we get him? And if you were a Laker, what number would you wear and why that number? All right, cool. Um, let's jump to the first question. What are my thoughts on Magic Johnson's comments that the Lakers should lose? Um, this is also, this is a double question. Um, I have a group of questions from Anthony also. Um, and Anthony's first questions was exactly the same thing. What are my thoughts on Magic Johnson hoping the Lakers would lose every game? Uh, just in case you, you didn't know, Magic has said on Twitter that he hopes the Lakers lose every game. This is when we were in the middle of a little losing squeak, losing streak. And, um, that has been, um, reacted to intensely uh in in the media social media and sports talk radio because magic johnson one of the greater like greatest lakers of all time is saying that the lakers should lose um what do i think about that okay well here's 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 the thing okay one it doesn't it doesn't that doesn't really bother me okay i don't i'm not really bothered by it it's whatever it's not really that much of a story to me personally and here's here's why um First of all, if if you have been paying attention to uh, Magic's social media banter per se uh, over the past couple years, uh, he's he's pretty active on Twitter. Um, and if you've painted, if you follow him on Twitter or you're paying attention to the stuff that he says, uh, you will you will know that Ma- Magic kind of 
I love Magic. Okay, I love him to death. Obviously, one of my favorite Lakers of all time. A huge supporter of the of the organization and of the team and of Byron and of everybody. Um, Magic doesn't always say the smartest things. Okay, let's let's just be honest. Okay, Magic has said some stupid stuff over the years uh, on Twitter. Um, I mean, we don't need to initially go back and rehash all the stupid stuff that Magic said, but this is not the first time Magic has said something that people were like, what? What? Why? And it's like, you know, don't worry about it. He's He is incredibly generous. He is a great businessman. He was an incredible player. Um, sometimes he doesn't think things all the way through before he posts them on Twitter. Okay, if that's his greatest sin, then, you know, he's doing pretty good. Um, The reason that Magic said that was obviously because, you know, he wants the team to get as best of a pick as possible uh, in next year's draft. Okay, he's looking at this team, looking at the performance of this team, looking at the record of this team. He thinks, okay, obviously these guys are not going to the playoffs. Obviously, this is not a championship team. Far from it. So what can we do? to make the team better. There's not a whole lot we can do in free agency because we don't have that many tradable assets. So the only thing looking forward to that we can do is the draft. So what's the best way to do well in the draft? That would be if our record is the worst as possible, which is why he said, I hope we lose every game. Now, does it mean that Magic doesn't love the Lakers? No. Does it mean that Magic isn't pulling for the Lakers to win all the time? No, of course not. Of course he is. And if he was on the team... That would be that would never even enter his mind, okay, to hope to lose every game. But Magic's not on the team right now. Magic is not on the floor playing. Magic is just like the rest of us. He's sitting at home, he's watching watching the games, or he's at Staples watching the games with the rest of us. Magic is a fan, okay? He's part owner of the Dodgers. He uh, he sold his his minority ownership of the Lakers a few years back. So he's just a fan like everybody else. He just wants the team to do well. So he's not the first person to jump on the team tank bandwagon. Um, I, I don't agree with it, but but I understand it. Um, I understand why he said it. He probably, see, the thing with Magic, he's very reactionary, you know? He said that when the team loses a couple games in a row, but then when the team, team went on a four-game winning streak, you know, I'm sure Magic was like, yes, yes, go, let's win, win, win. He, he changes his mind like he changes his socks, okay? It's no big deal, all right? So... My ma- my thoughts on Magic's comments that the Lakers should lose is, who cares? You know, really. I mean, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Magic is in our court. Magic is a Laker fan, just like the rest of us. He's still one of the greatest Lakers. Don't worry about it. Sometimes he says stupid stuff on Twitter. You know, there it is. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, second thought, or second question that Joe had was, uh, what are my thoughts on Kobe lashing out as his, at his teammates? Mm, this is a good one. So there was some some video that was um, put out on social media about a week ago at, at a practice. At the end of a practice, they had a team had just done a scrimmage. Kobe's walking off the, the court, and Mick Kupchak is standing there, and Kobe's yelling towards Mitch Kupchak something to the effect of, you know, these these mother effers aren't doing anything for me. Obviously, that's edited for family purposes. But that that's the, the gist of, of what he said. 
uh, and he was very angry, and he yelled at he yelled it, you know, and and all the players on the team obviously heard him say it. Um, so there was a lot of talk about that, you know, and Kobe's leadership style, and uh, you know, is 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 this just a ploy? a way for Kobe to motivate his team to do better or is he just, you know, an, an egotistical a-hole and, and this and that. And, you know, the answer is probably yes and yes. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't believe that in the moment Kobe was trying to motivate his teammates by doing that. I think that's giving him a pretty big <clears throat> benefit of the doubt. Uh, by thinking that, um, I think he was just pissed. I think he was pissed off at the lack of effort of the team, um, and he was uh, expressing how he felt to the management because they were standing right there. I think that's what what that was. You know, um, Kobe's never been one to shy away from telling what he thinks, and he's uh, not afraid to get up in people's faces, uh, his teammates. Uh, especially when he doesn't feel like they're pulling their weight, you know, and that's been happening since training camp. You know, we've heard all this stuff at training camp of how Tony, how Kobe was uh, was outrunning and outworking all the young guys, and it was ridiculous. You know, the dude's thirty six years old in basketball years. That's like fifty five. You know, there's no there's no reason he should be outworking everybody, uh, but he is. And again, that's not a question of talent. It's not a question of experience. That's just effort effort see that's the thing with kobe you know they think oh he's tough to play with he's a tough teammate no the only thing that kobe demands from all of his team teammates is maximum effort okay he doesn't demand maximum skill or maximum talent or or even maximum results he just demands maximum effort and when he doesn't get that he it pisses him off because he does that. I mean, is he more talented than you? Yeah. Is he better than you? Yeah. Is he more experienced than you? Yeah. But so what? Only the only reason he is those things is because he's put he's put in so much more work than everybody else for so many years. That's why. That's why he expects other people to put in as much effort as he's doing, even at least when they're all there together. You know, Kobe doesn't like put people in the doghouse because they don't show up at 5 a.m., you know, like he does to work on his shot or show up hours early at the, at the in the stadium when they're when they're on the road to to shoot shots. And people don't do that. It's just him. He doesn't hold people accountable for that. But when they're all there and not supposed to be there, he demands maximum effort. And he obviously he didn't feel he was getting maximum effort from his team uh, at that at the end of that scrimmage. And so he uh, he said what he said. I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, I'm sure nobody on the team who heard him was surprised. Like, oh, my goodness, Kobe was like, wow, he's upset. This has never happened before. Or, wow, Kobe's calling us out. That's never happened before. You know, I'm sure this happens all the time. There happened just there happened to be that happened to happen at the end of practice uh, for the five minutes where they let the media in. And somebody popped a video on their cell phone. You know, that's that's the only difference, you know. And um, the thing is, right right after that, the next game they had, they won, and the team played great, you know, and there was a lot of talk about how, you know, Kobe's, it, it actually worked, and, you know, Kobe's thing worked, and even Kobe kind of played into that a little bit, saying, you know, um, you criticize my leadership style, but but hey, it worked, and, and it's like, eh, 
okay, I I don't think that's why it worked. I mean, Kobe's leadership style is I'm not sure if there is a leadership style to it. I don't Kobe's not a great leader. Um I mean, he is a lot of things. He is a lot of great things, but uh, a great leader is not necessarily something I would say that he is. Uh, he has tried to be um, in the past. Uh, it's just not something. It's not who he is, you know. And and the but the thing that that people tend to forget is that he's he's never had to be that before. <clears throat> before recently. You know, Michael Jordan never had to be that type of a leader. Michael Jordan isn't it wasn't the rah rah, let's make sure everybody feels good and motivated all the time and is in a good positive space kind of guy. He didn't do he didn't he could care less what the guys were feeling like. He wanted them to bust their butts and work like he was doing. And if they don't, he's gonna get in their face about it. Which is exactly what Kobe did. But the reason that it that Jordan was able to do that is because he had one thing. He had one advantage that allowed him to do that and make it work. That advantage was Scotty Pippen. Okay, Scotty was the guy. He was the enforcer. He was the guy to get everybody together and be the leader role, leadership role on that team. Exact same thing with Kobe. Every single year until recently that Kobe was in the league, Kobe didn't have to be that kind of a leader. He didn't. He that wasn't his role in the team because Kobe had one thing, one thing that allowed him to not have to be that type of a leader. And that one thing was Derek Fisher. That's what Kobe had the, all that time. That's what Derek did. Derek is that guy. He is a leader in that way. He is a leader of men. Derek Derek is a guy that commands respect and deals with the other guys and keeps everybody together, keeps that locker room together. So Kobe can just be Kobe. And together it worked. The, the one of the worst things that happened to the chemistry of the team is when they traded Derek Fisher away both times. You know, that was terrible because all of a sudden once Derek was gone, now Kobe had to be that kind of leader and motivator and type of thing, which he's never done before. He's never had to do. And and let's be honest, he's not good at it. You know? So so that's what's happening here. That's what happened in that moment. That's just Kobe being Kobe. Okay? It means it mean what it means is the guys on the team are not consistent. Sometimes they work really hard. Sometimes they play really well. Sometimes they don't. And at the end of that practice, the end of that scrimmage, they were not. And Kobe expressed himself as he does. So that's all that that was. And that's my take on that. Um, next question. Now that Lance Stevenson is on the block, should we get him? Uh, let me think. Yes. Getting Lance Stevenson was part of my original Ask Like a Lance plan that I had over last summer that required making some moves. It didn't require getting LeBron James. It didn't require getting Carmelo Anthony even though it's kind of cool. I guess I'm, I'm glad that they went after those guys because that would have been great if we'd have gotten them. Um, well, I'm not sure about Carmelo, but it would have been great if we could get LeBron, but it didn't work. But the Ask Lego Lance plan consisted of uh, getting Lance Stevenson, getting uh, a new point guard like Eric Bledsoe or uh, Isaiah Thomas, both the guys which were available over the summer, and, and keeping Powell. Um, we didn't do any of those things. Uh and then we did we didn't when we lost Powell, and then we lost Steve Nash and then we lost our new guy so everything kind of went downhill from there um should we get uh Lance Stevenson if he's on the block i mean yeah if there's a way to get him 
then I th- I say yes. I think he would be great on this team. He's like exactly the kind of person, the kind of player that we need on this team. Somebody who has a chip on their shoulder, somebody who plays with a little chip, a little attitude, kind of like uh, Ron Artest slash Metal World Peace, who can come in here and play with Kobe, you know, and and not run amok on the team because there isn't somebody like Kobe in the locker room to kind of tone him down a little bit, but still have that kind of attitude and that kind of aggressiveness and and skills and be relatively young. That's that's Lance Stevenson, and I I think he would be perfect for this team. He is not gonna he's not gonna be the savior for the team. He's not gonna turn the team into a championship team, but that's on the right track. You know, if we can get him now and then, you know, trade somehow for for a decent point guard in the summertime and then get a high draft pick and between the high draft pick and Julius Randle kind of making up for the absence of Powell, then we could have something. We could have a team. You know, I think that's uh, that's definitely on the road where we need to be going. Um, because the team that we have right now is not a uh, is not a playoff team. Um, it'd be fantastic if we can get that eight spot, and we're only technically I think we're what three or three and a half four games out of the eight spot right now, which is not huge, but the West is so packed and so tight that it's uh, that's just crazy getting in there. Uh, last question uh, from Joe: If you were a Laker, what number would you wear, and why that number? <laughs> That's cool. Uh, if I was a Laker, I would probably wear number seven. Uh, the reason, because one, that's uh, my lucky number. I like I like number seven. I use it a lot, and uh, and I miss Lamar. So there you go. That's why I wear number seven. All right. Last group of questions come from Anthony, um, longtime listener of the podcast. Anthony's uh, uh, okay. He said the Magic Johnson question, right? Which we already addressed. Uh, and then Anthony says, uh, what are your thoughts about the current starting lineup? That's fantastic. I was just about to talk about that when I was talking about uh, the dealings uh, with, with Lance Stevenson in, sort, in sorts. Uh, what do I think about the new starting lineup? I mean, he's basically speaking of the changes of uh, Carlos Boozer and Jeremy Lin going to the bench and Ronnie Price starting at point guard and um, Ben Davis uh, starting uh, for Carlos Boozer um, at the four. Um, I, I think it's cool. I mean, I, I said in the very first podcast that I think I think Davis, uh, Ben Davis, Ed Davis, what is this? What is that kid's name? Let's call him Davis. Um, I said at the very beginning that he should start, um, just because he's you know he's got a great energy, and uh, he's real solid, does good work. But I mean, he's started now for I don't I don't know a handful of games. And, you know, hasn't really looked as good as he did when he was coming off the bench. You know, and that this is the kind of thing that's been happening for, for years with the Lakers. We, we've had, we've gone through a couple of years now with a team basically filled with bench players. We, we've always got a, last year, the year before that, we've, we had a great second unit. But our starters suck. You know, so there's always this talk about, well, this guy plays great in the second unit. He should be starting. So they move him up to the starting lineup, and then they don't do as well, you know. I don't know if it's the pressure of starting or the added minutes kind of uh, deteriorates their energy. I mean, I know it happened to Jordan Hill a lot last year and the year before. Every time he would start, I mean, he would be fantastic, and they would put him in a starting lineup, and he would kind of flatline out a little bit and not do nearly as well. 
um, as he did um, coming off the bench. Now, this year, I think Jordan's been playing great. He's been starting all year, and he's been playing fantastic. So maybe it just took him a while to get acclimated to the to the new surroundings. But it's it's hard for, for a guy to be a, who's a bench player uh, to come into the starting lineup and, and be as consistent as you are uh, when you're coming off the bench. I mean, you have the... You know the advantage of uh, being more of into a rhythm because you get more minutes, uh, but but it but it's hard to do, and it's not automatically the best thing um, for the team. Um, the the problem with us now, it, like I said, just like years past, is we just have a bunch of bench guys. I mean, we've got guys who would be great coming off the bench. You know, Davis was great coming off the bench because he's a he's a great bench player. Boozer is playing great now since he's been coming off the bench. You know? Um, does it mean that, that he should start now? I mean, who maybe. Basically what it means to me is that he's a great bench player. You know? I mean, Jeremy Lin has been kind of inconsistent on, in both roles, so, you know, who knows? But, I mean, the starting lineup right now, I think, is is a pretty good second unit. <laughs> You know, and that's 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 a problem. We just don't have enough good starters. We have great bench players, great guys coming off the bench, and um, you know, if we just had some decent starters, I think we we would be really good and really deep. But we just don't we don't have like you know we had the, the Steve Nash, um, like a healthy Steve Nash in the backcourt with Kobe, and then with with a healthy Julius Randle playing at the four with. Um, with Jordan playing at the five, and then you know, pick your poison at, at the three. I think Wesley's playing playing pretty well. I mean that that's a pretty good team, you know. And that was the team we were planning on having and starting the year with, but it it didn't work out. We don't have Steve Nash, so now we have we have Ronnie Price starting because Jeremy Lin is so inconsistent, you know. And and you know Julius Randle's out, so you know Carlos Boozer's starting, and then we have we also have Ryan Kelly. You know, who's a pretty good player, come, was going to have a great year coming into his second year. You know, is a good um, stretch four, shoots the three. Big guy, could probably play three, four, and five. Uh, but he had hamstring issues all offseason, all preseason, until, and then he ripped it. He ruptured it. And so now he's out till like February or something like that. So we just, we just don't have the players. You know, and how do we get the players? Well, I don't know. You trade for him, but who are we going to trade that we have now to get a good starter in here? You know, we just don't have the resources right now to to do it. So that's that's kind of where we're at right now. You know, I I like our players. I like our players a lot. I just wish they didn't have the added pressure of trying to be starters. You know, because they're really they're really not, but they will. I mean, we don't have any other people, so they're gonna do it. And and who knows? Maybe maybe Boozer's gonna go back into the starting lineup. You know, because he's been playing well. Um, but then if he starts being inconsistent again, is he gonna get benched again? Would that be worse for him than not coming back into the starting lineup at all, but staying on the bench? It, it's hard to say. You know, but. I mean, really, I don't know how much it really matters if Boozer's starting or if Davis is starting. Uh, um, I mean, they're both serviceable players. I, I like Davis because he's younger, you know, and he seems hungry and he seems like a real good kid and he, he's not afraid to work and get in there. Um, you know, but, I mean, ultimately, 
I don't think it makes that big of a difference which one of them is starting and which one of them is is coming off the bench. Um, you know, there just isn't that much uh, difference in the two. I mean, Davis is more of the future because he's a young guy, so, you know, I want him to get some quality minutes. And right now, Boozer's playing really well off the bench, so I, I figure, hey, you know, keep it keep it the way it is. You know, like like I said, I don't I don't see any switches, major or minor, in our lineup that we can do that's all of a sudden gonna turn the team into a, a playoff team and miraculously uh, get us over that hump. It's it's gonna anything that would do that would have to be a trade uh, from outside. Um, but but there you go. So a current starting lineup, yeah, I mean I like it. It's it's what we got. You know. Um, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I mean Ronnie Price is a good bench player, but you know, he's a consistent guy and he's a good he's a good worker. He doesn't have good numbers, doesn't have real good stats, but you know, he's he's a positive influence on the floor. He's a good guy. You know, he seems to be doing doing work. Um so it's not hurting. I mean, I kind of wish Jeremy Lin was more consistent. I wish he he could do a little bit of a better job in a more consistent way cuz then he he should have that starting role. If you wanted it, you know, if you wanted to earn it. Um, all right, question three from uh, Anthony is, uh, what are your thoughts on Kobe playing point guard? All right, a lot of talk right now because um, even though Ronnie Price is currently playing point guard, Kobe's in the shooting guard of the two, uh, Kobe's bringing the ball up the court a lot, which just fuels the fire of all the Kobe ball hog conspiracy theories because, uh, like, you know, why does it, why does Kobe always have to have the ball? Why can't he let other people have the ball? You know why? Why does he have to, you know, control control the game and bring the ball up and 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 all that stuff? And and there's a very simple explanation uh, for that. Okay, and it's it's that Kobe is a better point guard than anyone else we have on the team. Okay, that's kind of the reality of it. Kobe is a way better point guard than Ronnie Price or than Jeremy Lin, <laughs> you know, or or anybody else that we have on the team. I mean. <laughs> I mean, you want to get down to it. Kobe's a better. Kobe plays any position better than everybody on the team. I mean, it's kind of that's the problem, you know. Is and that's why he keeps playing so many minutes. It's because he's the best player out there at at any given position. So it's hard to not have him out there. But that that's a different issue and a different discussion. Um, but I, I really have no problems with Kobe playing point guard. I think he he does well. He's a great passer. He's a phenomenal passer. Some of these passes that he makes in these games are ridiculous. I don't think Kobe gets enough credit for his passing ability um, ever. You know, I think he's a phenomenal passer, and he's by far the best point guard on the team. So that's why he's kind of playing point guard. You know, it just makes logical sense. It's not a big uh, brain teaser to to figure that one out. So um, that's why. And and again, this is not a this is not a new thing. This is not a sudden Byron Scott new thing. Kobe has been playing playing point guard for years. I mean, all those years with D. Fish, you watch those games, if you actually watch the games like I do, Kobe was always bringing the ball up the court. D. Fish wasn't always bringing the ball up the court. It would be Kobe. He would bring the ball up the court. He would survey the defense, and he would initiate the offense. He would do that in the championship years. You know, it, it wasn't just Derek bringing up the ball or some or somebody else. <coughs> Kobe did that a lot, very often. So this is this is nothing new. Kobe bringing up the ball and and playing the point guard position 
is nothing new at all. When the Lakers are good, when the Lakers are bad, um, this is this has happened before, you know. And another thing that I see all the time is, you know, Kobe will get the ball, he'll bring it up to the top of the key, and then he'll dish it off to somebody. And nine times out of ten, what happens? Exactly, he throws it to somebody. They they run into a def- they run into some defense. They don't know what to do, and they just throw throw it back to him. Throw it back to Kobe. So there it is. Now he's like, all right, I got to do something with this. I've seen that happen over and over and over and over again. People are like, why is Kobe such a ball hog? Because they keep giving the ball back to him. You know, it, just, it happens all the time. So, you know, uh, there it is. I don't worry about it. I, I think it's great that Kobe's playing point guard. I think he should play point guard. You know, he he distributes the ball pretty well. He runs the offense well. He knows uh, he can read the defense better than anybody else. So, you know, cool. There you go. I got no problem with it. Um, last question comes from Joe. Uh, what is your Christmas wish and New Year's resolution for the Lakers? All right. Cool. Good, fun question. Um, my Christmas wish for the Lakers is that we beat the Bulls in Chicago. That would be fantastic. Um, it's going to be tough because we're playing in Chicago on Christmas Day. Um, Kobe and Powell, first time they've played against each other. Uh, that's going to be weird. Um both teams, they're really going to want to win, but there's going to be a lot of love there. It's going to be a love fest uh, with Kobe and Powell, but it would be nice if we could if we could get that game. Um, I think it's a tall order because the Bulls are really good, um, but that would be my Christmas wish if I could have one. And New Year's resolution for the Lakers would be to just don't fall into all this drama, just stick together as a team and work, work harder, work harder than you think you can. Stick together and just keep getting better. That's what I would want for this team to do. I don't want to hear any about any finger pointing, any blaming, which which I don't really hear a whole lot. Which is good. I think it's a testament to those guys and um, and how they they work together as a team. That there isn't a whole lot of finger pointing, uh, which is which is good. And I think they should keep that up and not start it. You know, and keep even though even if they're Excuse me. Even if they're losing games, stick together and work as a team, and let's and let's work and continue to get better, especially on the defensive end. That would be my New Year's resolution for the Lakers. So, there you go. All right. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to add, get your question answered on the podcast, you can come over on the Facebook page. Go to Facebook ask, slash Ash Laker Lanch. Uh, ask Laker Lance, excuse me. You can also find us on on Twitter and uh, submit your questions. And I guarantee you, every single question submitted, I will answer it on the podcast. Thank you, Joe and Anthony, for your questions, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everybody out there, for being Laker fans. Don't give up. Yes, it's a hard season. It doesn't seem to be going well, but let's stay and let's keep cheering for our guys and cheering for this team. All right. Go Lakers.